Hello, hello, it's David Wernch. Thank you again for joining me. This is the Authentic Dad Podcast. Today I have Liz Merrill. Liz is a divorce and mediation coach, and we also delve in to some really, really difficult but important topics around toxic relationships, narcissism. She tells her uh, very powerful story about her marriage and how she got into helping others dealing with narcissistic relationships, narcissistic personality disorder. I hope you enjoy it. Please consider liking, subscribing to the podcast. It does help to reach out to me. It's F-U-R-T-H-U-R.coach. That's further.coach. There's a link to a blog. There's all of the podcasts to date. There um, is a contact page. Please reach out on that. I give a three for 30 minute phone conversation consultation regarding coaching to see if you're interested or might be a good fit. Thanks for everybody's support. I hope you are enjoying spring, soon to be summer, and take care. See you on the other side. All right, I got Liz Merrill here, metaphorically. She's not here, but I'm with Liz Merrill. She's a mediator and a divorce coach. And she specializes in narcissistic relationships. She's helped thousands, hundreds of people in crisis find workable solutions so they can reduce anxiety, save money, and move on with their lives. After earning her master's degree and working in the nonprofit industry for 30 years, she realized that she wanted to take the conflict resolution and problem-solving skills she developed in a different direction. She went through a horrible divorce after a 20-year marriage, and it made her realize that she developed a calling for helping other people avoid the pitfalls, expense, and devastating emotional impacts that divorce can bring. So she helps individuals clarify options, identify fears, blocks, and misconceptions, and create a solid success plan for not only their divorce, but for the full and whole life that follows. Hello, Liz. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, Oregon, that's where you're at, right? I'm in Fort Collins, Colorado. Why did I think but you're I, in Oregon? Because okay. I love Oregon. And I would go live there if I could right now. Okay. That's a wonderful the rain. town. Yeah. Yeah. Fort Collins is pretty good. Fort Collins. Been there. Done that. My neighbors across the street used to live there. We visited them. Mm. It was very, very wonderful. Um, so you have an interesting background because you, you're not a lawyer, but you do some legal mm-hmm. stuff. You do some coaching we're going to talk about narcissistic relationships, a kind of a hot topic. As yeah. always, let's let's hear the story. Like that was a nice bio, but give, bring me back to how you got to where you are now, and please take it away. Take it away. I'm taking it away. Okay, so I do have a I have a background in nonprofits. I've I've run nonprofits. Um, and I've spent most of my adult life, this is a kind of a weird, interesting thing about me, as a professional oboe player. I did not know I've, that. I, yeah, I've, pl- I've played oboe since I was nine. So we didn't that's discuss really... that. That wasn't in the bio. No, I know. <laughs> Just because it doesn't have anything to do with <laughs> yeah, mediation. Yeah. I can't yeah. figure out how to like, that's awesome. how to, like slip that in there. But um, yep, I've been, I've been playing oboe for, you know, for all of my life, basically. Um, so that that's a huge piece of my life. Um, but what I'm focusing on now is something that is that is almost more near and dear to my heart than music. Because to be honest with you, being a freelance musician is pretty soul destroying, and I'm a little mm. bit burned out on that. Um, really, soul destroying. Mm-hmm. It. Oh my God, you have no idea. You're like driving constantly. You're you know you're taking auditions, mm. which make you feel like the worst person in the world, and. It's it's very stressful, and yeah. in Fort Collins we have a dinky orchestra. We don't have any bigger orchestras. I have to drive or fly to wherever I go. That's a whole other podcast. Well, I'm I'm sure it's also really competitive. It's extremely competitive, and the pay is crap. Mm. So yeah, we're gonna we'll do an oboe podcast. I think I want to. Yeah. there need to be more oboe podcasts. People have been asking me. They've been like, "When are you going to do the oboe episode?" And I just haven't gotten around to it yet, but we'll do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. Um, But fast forward to where I am now in my basement listening to my dogs freak out upstairs. Mm -hmm. Um, I, yeah, I was married for 20 years to a narcissist and he, um, 
I didn't know what it was at the time. I didn't know what narcissism, narcissism meant. I thought I was losing my mind. I thought if I just tried a little bit harder, um, things would get better. If I thought I did more therapy, blah, 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 blah. And finally, I'm like, my children came to me actually. And they're like, mom, we don't think this is working out. Can we please leave? And at that point, I was like, oh my God, wow. what the hell? What am I doing? I this is I'm not being brave. I'm I'm being an idiot. I need to we need to leave. So so I did. I filed for divorce. We got divorced and we had the like horrible divorce that you know everybody hears about. Um and I realized at that time there were there were a lot of problems with the way that the whole divorce system works, mm. at least here in Colorado. And the more I learned, the more I realized it's kind of I think it's nationwide. Kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and because uh, um, working in nonprofits and working on um, boards and uh, boards of nonprofits and managing things, I, you know, it developed mm-hmm. like a really good, and then also being a mother of three kids, like really good conflict management skills. And I decided to start pursuing that and became a mediator. Um, and then I'm like, I, I'm actually pretty good at this. I want to keep doing this. And then when I went through my divorce, I'm like, I want to do divorce mediation because the divorce mediator that I had was supposed to be awesome. And she was not, not awesome. Not good, huh? It was a terrible experience. And, um, and so now like I, I talk to a lot of people post decree and they're like, yeah, we did mediation. It sucked. The mediator sucked. And that, it always makes me really sad that I can identify with yeah. um, having a bad experience there. Well, that just really surprises me because having this horrible experience i'm thinking if i had that experience like i wouldn't want anything to do again with this mm. system mediator like get me far away from all of this as possible you're like nah, i'm all in i'm gonna do it because you're gonna do it better and i'm sure it's not just the mediators they're pretty bad lawyers too yeah not for all sure. and bad judges and bad, bad you know ju- there's oh, yeah there's bad there's, laws and there's all, been many the many many books and documentaries written about you know sort of the broken Family law system, which which that that'll be after the Obo podcast, but um, <laughs> so that's amazing that you and, and thank good we need good people and good mediators and I'm I'm glad you did that and and I'm curious about the kids, how old are they now and how old were they when they were like, this isn't working? Yeah, they were in middle school. They two mm-hmm. of them are the twins and they're about to graduate mm-hmm. in less than a month. Which- graduate high school. Graduate high school. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they're 18. So that's kind of blowing my mind. Not and then kids I have anymore. a. I know. Well, legally. so yeah, they, well, they kind are. Of are. Yeah, legally, right. <laughs> right. They're, they yeah, are. They, they would like me to think that they are not, but no, they, they are. are. Yeah. They're like adult sized mm-hmm. children. So twins. I don't let them hear me say that, though. Um, and I have a 16 year old. I'll edit so. that out for you. So twins, 18, <laughs> 16. And they were probably like, what, 12, 13, 15, when yep, they were like, yep, this is yeah. not working out. Yeah. You know, and I, I think a lot of people who are in bad marriages in general or certainly abusive or toxic relationships, um, especially if you have this kind of trauma bond with your spouse and you're like, yeah. um, and you're getting gaslit all the time and, 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 or if there's a big power differential between the two parties or big age difference or, you know, big educational gap um much of that which was the case in our situation i just thought you know like hmm it must be me i must be like really fucking up all the time i'm just gonna you know and part of me was like it's not me but i but we're supposed to be married let's stay married blah 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 blah, and all that stuff and just try 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 and then then you just then you're 10 down the 10 years down the road and then 15 and then 20 and then all of a sudden you like your perspective is skewed right but having your kids come to you and say what the hell are we doing here is a pretty big wake up call. And, and that's really kind of all well, it, that I, I needed at that point. Because... I want to, there's a good segue. We'll talk about narcissism, but it kind of, you, you said something like, what am I doing wrong? It must be me. And I'm, I, I would imagine that the so-called narcissist is telling you it's you for mm-hmm. you know 20 years. And so after 20 years, you might think, well, I guess it's me. Cause that's what I keep hearing yeah. over and over again. Um, as we talked a little bit about like that is a term that people use um, sometimes, you know, as, as kind of like a joke or through, Oh, he's such a narcissist. And mm-hmm. um, 
but I think you're talking about it in the in a much more serious clinical sense. And I'm not a psychologist, you're not. But people who have had experience with this knows that there are really certain signs and certain characteristics. And I wonder if it would be helpful to kind of go through what you, for you, what you yeah. kind of discovered or learned or what, what are some of the, the cues of a, of a, I think what we're talking about is narcissistic abuse. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot out there on it. Like, like I said, when I started, when I first started, I, um, well, start, first started being mm-hmm. married to a narcissist. I did I didn't know what that word meant really. I mean, I knew that there was a, um, um, there was a term for narcissism. I knew that it was based on the, um, the, um, the old story mm-hmm. about narcissist who looks at himself in the, um, in the pond right. and falls in love with themselves and turns into a flower. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of knew that here's an interesting oboe fact. There is a very famous piece of music for oboe called six metamorphoses after Ovid by, mm-hmm. um, Benjamin Britten. And that's where I kind of learned about that. It's a, it's a really beautiful piece, but, um, yeah, I didn't really know anything about it. And as it turns out, it's it's like a huge thing. It, you, you talked about clinically diagnosing it. Um, and that is hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and very few people are actually diagnosed with it. And the reason that is, is because it's sort of like a catch-22. If you have actual narcissistic personality disorder, you don't recognize it. You don't acknowledge it. There is nothing wrong with you. You are freaking awesome. Right. Right. There is no need for you to go get um, a diagnosis because no. there's nothing damn wrong with you. Well, they're not treatable so, because they don't think they're the problem. Right. They don't think they're the problem. Um, but it, but so, and, and, and it really only came into the DMSR. I think that's what mm-hmm. it's called in 1980. Mm-hmm. Um, so before that, it wasn't even recognized as a personality disorder. And, and so since, since 1980, obviously there have been more diagnoses of it because, because it's something that you can diagnose people with. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about it and it's, it's, you know, it's a real buzzword these days. And as you said, like everybody I meet, it's like, oh, my husband's a narcissist, my, you know, my mom, whatever. And I think some people conflate it with people who have narcissistic tendencies or right. people who are egotists or just people who are assholes. But, right. but, but it's a real, but it is a real thing. And even if, I mean, there are plenty of people who definitely have it, but, but aren't diagnosed. The way that it is diagnosed is they have, somebody has to meet five of nine criteria. Mm-hmm. And those criteria include things like grandiosity or excessive need for admiration or just having um, like superficial or exploitative relationships, lack of empathy, Mm-hmm. is a huge thing difficulty with attachment there you stop me i can just keep talking about this no forever. no i am I'm, keep going yeah so i mean there's a lot out there and and if you decided that you wanted to start researching it or if you're like am i married to a narcissist i mean you mm-hmm. can just google it and and open up a huge gigantic wormhole of information right. about it i mean but basically that that the sort of relationship that um that you get involved in, whether it's a parent or a child, is generally hallmarked by um, sort of um, gaslighting, which yeah. I assume that everybody knows what that means. Um, that's a huge thing. And that's where you start being like, is it me? What? I thought that I just, what? Yeah. Huh. Well, it's a really serious thing because you start to, you know, I think you alluded to this before, like questioning your sanity, questioning reality. If you're, if you're gaslighted, over and over again, maybe, maybe this person is right. Maybe I am wrong or crazy or misperceiving yeah. it. And then I would imagine that's part of the, the, the tactic to, to control. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and probably the same thing they do in cults, you know? So, you so. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And right. Probably a lot of cults are run by narcissists yeah. because that, that sort of a, a trademark of a, of a narcissist is, is just this insatiable need for um, this sort of narcissistic supply, this feeding of, of your ego. And the interesting thing about it, um, I think a lot of people um, believe that the way that someone becomes a narcissist isn't that you're born with it. It's not genetic. It's, it stems mm-hmm. from like a, a very, very, very early childhood attachment 
um, issue where you, you know, you, you experienced like a, a very deep rejection by usually it's your oh, parents. Yeah. yeah I can't right imagine your these aren't healthy. These aren't people coming from healthy families, right? You don't yeah. usually not, right? There's some trauma and it's all, all mm-hmm. that goes way back. And um, that does not excuse the behavior. And, and even as you talk about it, I kind of feel this is difficult. This is, this is a, this is a sad topic. Um, it is. And, and it's really challenging. And I think I remember you tell me about the Facebook group you started. Yeah. So I have a Facebook group. Um, it's quite small right now mm-hmm. compared to a lot of the other ones. It's called surviving a narcissist. I, um, yeah, and I, I kind of set it up there for people who want to mm-hmm. be in a little close knit community and share stories and information and support each other. Um, it's because it's really hard if you're in there, you can feel very isolated. It's a lot of times you, you know, the narcissist in your life will prevent you from having healthy relationships with other people. They won't, or or they might be going through your computer or, you know, you're, you're checked in on a lot. Sure. Um, And the people that you're close to are, you know, like a narcissist would be like that, that guy's an asshole and you're, why don't you right. why you want to be friends with her? Cause right. they it's don't threatening. Really... It's threatening mm-hmm. to them, any other relationship outside of them. And, and so, right. What are they? So how do you stop that? Well, you poison you know, the, mm-hmm. the, you know, this other, this person's an asshole is horrible and do whatever you can. I would think control to control them. Yeah. And not have them. You know. Right. Right. Cause in, in that way you, you could, you've got somebody buying into the lie that you're telling yourself about yourself. Cause you've got this like wounded, little part inside of you and you have built you're building up this protection wall around you and right so that so that that little wounded part can't be hurt anymore um and that is it is really sad and i think a lot of times people who are you know nurturing or empathetic or have this hero Mm -hmm. complex get involved because they're like i am going to show you how much i love you it's a challenge. I'm up to a challenge. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm going to be the one who's going to save you. And, and you, you know, you, you want that person to feel love because you love them. And because they have, you know, like a lot of, they can, they can have a ton of charm. And, and that's often how these relationships get started. It's just mm-hmm. a sort of whirlwind romance where you feel like top of the right. world. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think I've been in one, but friends of mine who have is like, there's something very intoxicating about mm-hmm. the person, the relationship. It's like a drug. Yeah. They're like swept yeah. up in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. The other thing I was thinking about is, um, you know, we, we can't see the label from inside the bottle. And sometimes we, like, it must be really hard because you're swimming in this water, right? And, and your kids can see it, but they're, mm-hmm they're in the family. So, so they have some insight, but they're not in the relationship. And I think it, it must be hard because maybe the people around you can like, for example, with you, if you don't mind me asking where did other friends and family before your kids say, Hey, you know, we're concerned about, you know, this relationship or this, yeah. your, your, your husband or, or did that happen? Yeah. Or? Yes. So this is really interesting. Um, this is a really interesting topic. Um, mm-hmm. And I have a lot of thoughts about it and I haven't really talked to that many people about it, but I mean, we went to couples counseling forever uh-huh. and I went to my own kind of counseling forever. Right. And, um, I really felt like in many cases, the couples counselors were not recognizing that was going on or if they were, right. they weren't saying anything. They weren't labeling it. They weren't. And I understand like not maybe feeling like that's, that's in your purview, but it, or, or, or maybe, or maybe of, he was just really good at pretending not to be an artist. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, that too, that too, um, and you know, and maybe this just wasn't, you know, really in their purview. But it felt mm-hmm. like it normalized a lot of behavior that I right. knew in my heart was not normal, mm-hmm. and kind of enabled it. And what I really wanted, um, even with like my own therapist, because I think a lot of times therapists are like, oh, you have to come to this conclusion on your own. Right. You know, I would tell them these things and I'm like, isn't this awful? Isn't this? And they would be like, hmm, well, what are you going to do yeah. about that? And how do you feel about that? And uh, I'm like, I want you to tell me that right. this is so fucked up and this is not normal and make it okay for me to feel it's like totally I can leave. Totally um, maddening because you're like, give me some validation that I'm not crazy, that this is as horrible as it is. And they're like, oh, yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> 
you know, because they don't yeah, want to tell was, you what to do. Yeah, it was frustrating. Yeah, but I did have friends who, um, who, um, who, and here, well, here's the other thing about narcissistic abuse is it usually doesn't happen in front of other people. It usually right. happens at home, you know, and that's a problem when you go to divorce, right? Because mm-hmm. it's all this secondhand information. And when I went to get divorced, I went and talked to several different attorneys and I'm like, this stuff happened. And they're like, uh-huh, well, do you have any proof? And I'm like, well, uh, you know, in some cases, but not, not necessarily. And they're like, well, it's just your word against his word. So what right. are you going to do? And it was just like, exactly. What the? Yeah. Wait, hold up. What the hell? Uh, you know, this isn't, this isn't, you know, apples and right. These, it's in, just two different things. In the um, state of Colorado, gaslighting is not a, a grounds for divorce. And how do you even prove such right. a, such yeah, an Yeah, Being an asshole thing. is not illegal. <laughs> um, but I do have one friends. Too. Yeah. Right. I did have friends and I would tell them what was going on and they're like, that is the, what the hell? That's terrible. And I knew that they, you know, I knew that they believed me and they didn't think I was hysterical or whatever. Right. Um, so I, I mean, I did, I did get validation and support and I, um, and I was lucky and, you know, I mean, as you can tell, I really like to talk and I don't mind talking about my personal you're, stuff. You're, you're the guest, so, so let it rip. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, but you know, what happens with a lot of other people is they don't have that support and to go back to the Facebook group and the, the workshops that I do and the outreach that I try to do is, is for people who don't have that for, you know, maybe people who are in the same situation that I was in 20, you know, 15 years ago, where I was just in the middle of it, as you say, like in the bottle, not being able to read the label, didn't know what the heck was going on. And. I mean, I, I, I would like to like pay it forward if, if that's, yeah, that works, doesn't it? Yeah. To, for, for people who, who really need some validation and support and some steps for moving forward, whether they need to stay in that relationship, because sometimes people aren't ready, they're, they're too scared or they're afraid or they have kids and they, you know, they're just not ready or if they are ready but they just can't even see how to do it because, because it's daunting. And maybe we shouldn't also get so caught up on the so-called diagnosis, right? Because I'm sure mm-hmm. some people have, you know, do these, the, all the signs don't apply to every person. I would, mm-hmm. I would think so that I guess there's a danger to go on the internet. Am I dating or married a narcissist? Up, oh, he's not like that. And I guess he's yeah. not, or she, not just he is not a narcissist. I had, um, trying to find it. I had pulled something online that gave me here it is um i think you mentioned some of them and let me just just go through it a little bit to kind of get a little more context with the signs because i think that's kind of important um okay lacks empathies and and is extremely selfish i think you you mentioned lack of empathy lack of empathy is huge Mm -hmm. it's really huge because they really are not able to think uh, um, think that deeply about other people's needs, you know. They can they can put on a front. I mean, and in the most extreme cases of, of narcissistic personality disorder, I think that's generally thought of as what's called the malignant narcissist, and, and a mm. lot of people don't see very much difference between that and a, a, a If I remember, I think there was somebody recently who held office who were saying, I think it was a pretty high position in the U.S. government, mm-hmm. who they said, mm-hmm. you remember this guy? I don't remember his name. We won't mention <laughs> it. <laughs> I um, think he traumatizes so many. He's traumatized I don't remember. So I don't think it was a guy. Many I just remember people. the color orange. I don't know. Um, yeah. We'll talk about that yes, in the Oboe episode. <laughs> okay. So there's your part. I think you mentioned this too. I'm just kind of going down. This is a, an article I found. Your partner's arrogant and egotistical. That makes sense. Has an insatiable need for approval. We, we nailed that one. Asserts yeah. power and dominance. I think you nailed that one. Has an overinflated sense of entitlement. Feels resentment and envy at the sex, success of other people. Yeah. Addictive, aggressive, yeah. moody, yeah. defensive, and hypersensitive. Jesus. And has a shifting personality. That, that seems like a mm-hmm. tough one, right? Like one second. They're, oh god they're screaming at you yeah it gives you the next second they're you're the greatest person in the world i've heard that from friends of mine mm-hmm. that have, have, did you experience that one 
For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. I mean, and there are all kinds of terms out there that anyone who knows anything about narcissism um, is familiar with, like hoovering, which is like if, if the narcissist is, you know, pushed you beyond your limits and you're like, um, I'm, I'm done with this is shit. Um, and then they're like, oh, come back. So they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're mm -hmm. all kind of like, they're all tactics, right, to to bring you back into their like little dysfunctional circle. And hoovering is like, oh, you know, I, I love you so much, and I I need you, and you're really the only one who understands me, and I'm the only one who mm. understands you, and we we have this really special bond. And I knew at the first minute I saw you, and we we really belong together. And and yeah. um, you know, they might not apologize, they won't apologize, but they might make a reparative gesture. Right. To, right. you know, to kind of like pull you back in. Like, right. Oh, okay. And then you the, get pulled he's... back in and then right. you might be um, then you might be subject to three hours or three to three months of the silent treatment, which I got once because three I, months, three months, three solid months of wow. the silent treatment. And it was it was horrible, you know, and, and I look back, yeah. I'm like, in a way, like I and a lot of other people who, who are in these relationships are kind of like. It's kind of nice just to be ignored because you know mm -hmm. then you can just go off and do your own thing Have some and you, peace. right but regardless um you often end up feeling like you're walking on eggshells if you yeah here's something that i've heard and it was certainly true with me if you ever are in a relationship where you feel like you wish you were able to record the insane rambling conversation mm -hmm. slash argument slash fights that you have just so that you can replay it to yourself and go, mm -hmm. is that what I actually said? Cause he said, I said this, but I don't remember saying that. Or did he actually say that? Yeah. That's a sign that you're in a relationship with a narcissist. Did you ever consider doing that? Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. You know what I did? I, I went out and bought one of those like little pocket. Yeah. I have recorders. one right here. They're great. Yeah. Yeah. And I bought it for that. Cause yeah, I was everything like, my wife the... says it's right here. If you want, <laughs> she's not at, she's not a narcissist, right. but it is useful. Yeah. Because you, because of the gaslighting, and and um, because when you do get in these arguments, they they're circular and they're crazy, crazy making, and they don't make any sense. And it's right. like somebody is just talking, just freaking garbage, but they think it makes sense. And you're you're and you're like sitting there trying to defend yourself and trying to explain yourself, and they're continually yeah. twisting it slightly and turning it into something different. And then you're just kind That's of just, around and around. Because relationships are hard anyway and uh, communication and marriage and getting into fights just like when someone's not a narcissist and i think that's what me would be like the, the hardest part because they don't think that they're the problem mm -hmm. they're not really treatable let's say therapeutically they're not willing to change don't think they need to change there's no, no like sort of growth mindset there's never a resolution there's never mm -hmm. a responsibility and it's like a dead end and that just that's so difficult and i want to validate that you know you know it's not that easy just to say all right i'm going to get divorced i mean you have three kids together there's a lot of investment so it's easy to say now right like oh how you know yeah. the silent treatment for three months why why didn't she leave immediately but it's you know that's not that simple you no know? And it's really hard to explain. It is right. I, I, so I'm dating somebody now who is not a narcissist and mm -hmm. it's very lovely and um, like what a joy. Um, Great. To just have regular day-to-day -day issues like mm -hmm. you're a slob instead of yeah. like you're gaslighting me exactly. for 20 years. But um, I, was try I was trying to talk to him about some of the things that were happening. And he's like, why are you still, why do you still even talk to this person? Why did you mm -hmm. put up with that? For and I'm like, ah, I, well, you know, right. I still talk to him because we're co-parents <laughs> and we have to. And and there were some parts of our relationship that weren't totally shit. So, you know, I, I appreciate where I am now because I'm not triggered by him anymore. I'm not threatened by him. You know, I can I can walk away from him whenever I want to. I don't have to engage in any of those insane conversations. Are, are, are um, things, the co-parenting, is it relatively okay? Uh, it's way, way better than it used to be. Mm -hmm. It's way better. And it's also easier because the children are older and they have more yep. agency and they can kind of say, nope, not doing that. Don't want to do that. Nice. And it's, it's, it's harder to fight with them about those kinds of things as you know, when they're older and taller mm -hmm. than you and, you know, some, a lot of times make more sense than you do. <laughs> um, so yeah, it is easier. Um, and it was hard. It was hard work getting there. 
And I, I know that a lot of people don't have those, um, you know, th they're never going to get there for whatever reason. And not because they're worse or their narcissist is worse or, you know, it's just every situation is different. Um, but, and, but just going, oh, I'm gonna yeah, go ahead. So, but like when I started, you, you said, why did you want to do mediation when it, you had such a bad experience? Um, I, I love mediating. Yeah. Um, and I, it, in a way it was, it's, it, it's a, it's a little bit about me going towards something that I have challenges with because a lot of it is about conflict and I hate conflict and I hated it in my marriage and it was in my marriage all the time. But, but what I realized amazing. is if you were, yeah, if you're able to go towards it and if you have some techniques and you have some tools and you have some knowledge, you can approach most conflicts mm -hmm. um, without as much fear as I did. And, and I love, I love working with people on that. I love teaching people different things and I love watching people learn how to have communication. Cause especially if you're getting divorced and you have children, yeah. you're going to have a relationship with that person till somebody dies because you have kids and, and it's really important to know how to, how to have just, you know, even if it's just very basic, matter of fact, business-like conversations. Um, well, so. let's let's go there. Can you give us some um, maybe tools of the trade for um, maybe com not just communicating? We could start with communicating with a narcissist, and just in general, your your relationship, your kids. Um, like, do you mediate your kids? Do you, do you talk mediator uh, talk? I do, and they hate it. Yeah. They get really mad at me. <laughs> They're like, "Mom, I don't do Let's mediation deep, on me. Don't. Why are you? I know. I can, I can see right through you." Um, take a deep and, breath. And, right. Um, so, well, one of the things that I, you know, like I had a big divorce mediation mm -hmm. last week, and you know, in those. Sometimes you have two attorneys, you don't always, but in this case, we had two attorneys and then the couples and they were in, in, in breakout rooms and I was going back and forth and then I was doing stuff together and it was just like a big dog and pony show. A lot of times it's easier if the attorneys don't show up to mediation because you're able to get kind of... Hey, what are you trying to say? Nothing. <laughs> not, you think attorneys complicate these things? Not one damn thing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think probably they, half they the came. divorces would be better. Um, but but I, it's 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 tricky. Um, well, they're trained differently, right? I mean, they're trained to yeah. uh, do something different than a mediator is trained to do. So that that makes it difficult sometimes when mm -hmm. you have a a mediator who is also an attorney because they mm -hmm. have a hard time taking off their attorney's hat. Right. Um, but. So something really simple that I, I, you know, I try to teach people um, and I work on with my kids is the Biff method. I don't know if you have heard this, but it's I've easy heard to you, remember. You talk about this, but I yeah. don't remember what it stands for. So good. It stands for brief, informative, mm -hmm. friendly, and firm. So a lot of times when people are in conflict, especially if they've been married or if they are married. There's a lot of back and forthing and explaining and um, reminding of um, things that didn't work so well in the past or, you know, past grievances or whatever. And you mm -hmm. get involved in this like really, really long conversation when all you really need to do is say, um, hi, I, um, mm -hmm. I need to change the time that we're going to pick up, Brandon. Um, I need... I need to know, like, it, it, it also helps to have a request yeah. in there. I, I need to know if, if we can change it to 3.30 instead of 2.30. Thanks so much. Talk to you later. So um, so brief, informative, and what were the last two again? Friendly. Friendly. And firm. And firm. And this is in the context of it could be um, co-parenting or an ex or a narcissist. Um, would you, you probably wouldn't want to bring that in if you, like, with your current, spouse no right? i would i mean it's <laughs> just it's just it's just a very you know it's just <laughs> i mean you don't always need it um mm -hmm. but sometimes it's it's just like a very efficient way of getting mm -hmm. 
a, a you know a piece of information across doesn't you know even if you're pissed off it doesn't have to be pissy right you can still have a friendly yeah. tone in your text or your voicemail right or whatever um and and the firm part is just like that often includes a request like can you please let me know by tomorrow if this is okay for you right it's, so that there's, there's a no, follow-up there's a there's call no, to action there's, a- there's no story it's very factual and mm-hmm. i would think if you're if there's a lot of um activation or triggering around a certain topic like this this would just cut to the chase yeah right yeah and and mm-hmm. and so in the way that that uh, a way that that um, sort of carries over if you are um, in a relationship with a narcissist, one of the first mm-hmm. things that you can do to sort of um, separate yourself from the, from the, the churn and the, the emotional churn and the, the getting involved in long, long, crazy town conversations or fights mm-hmm. is just taking that one step further um, and really, really being very clear um, if, if you're, you know, if you're being accused of something or like a lot of times narcissists will say something just to set you off kilter, um, that's not mm-hmm. true. And then you like, you why are you, know, you're such a slob in the kitchen and you're, you're sitting there cleaning the kitchen. Right. And then you're like, what the hell I'm cleaning the kitchen. I mm-hmm. always clean the kitchen. You never clean the kitchen. I'm always the one that cleans up the, the kids and blah, blah, blah. And you just like throw yourself into a frenzy trying to defend yourself or justify yourself or explaining yourself. And the more you do that, the, the more, you know, you're putting yourself in the defensive position, you're giving them more ammunition, yeah. more stuff to disagree with. So just shutting all of that down, not justifying, not explaining, not defending, and realizing that what they're saying is really not about you. Mm-mm. It's about them. And then you can just say, sorry, you feel that way, or I yeah. disagree. I'm like, sometimes I have a little trouble like wrapping my head around this from the narcissist point of view because they, I think, genuinely believe, right, that there's nothing wrong with them. And then it's all the other person. I think they have, they hold that genuine belief. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to, oh, here's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. If anybody who is listening to this or you are interested in hearing what things are like from a narcissist's perspective. Yeah. There is I mean, this guy mm-hmm. named Sam Vatkin, who uh-huh. is Israeli professor and he has written boatloads of stuff about philosophy and psychology and economics and he lectures all over the place. And he is, a narcissist and he he's very upfront about it and he wrote this sort really? of groundbreaking book back in the 80s called the malignant uh, narcissism the malignant self-love or something like that and he is prolific and he can talk i mean god dang that that guy can talk and he has <laughs> like youtube youtube videos out there all but, so he's self-aware talks about of being yeah this? yeah uh-huh. Yeah, and he's just, just I, I guess he's, yeah, it is. It's it's a very unusual kind of kind of deal. He talks. He talked in one interview I listened mm-hmm. to about how he flew into a narcissistic rage and ended up in jail, hmm. um, because that's that's another quality that a lot of narcissists have is they really don't rec- recognize boundaries. They mm-hmm. don't recognize laws. They don't think that laws apply to them. So a lot of times you have narcissists who are constantly you know, um, getting traffic mm-hmm. tickets or DUIs or whatever, because if, you know, if you think that you're basically God, then, right. you know, th- these normal everyday human things don't really apply to you because you're above that. Um, mm-hmm. So he, he ended up in jail because he got violent or I don't even remember what. And he's like, I, that was just like such a disconnect mm-hmm. for my brain because I was like, I, I'm the best person. How can I be in jail? but I was in jail and didn't really have any choice, but to be there. And it just sort of blew his mind. And he fully owns that he's a narcissist. I think so. And I think, and (laughs) you know, and I think the way he spun it for himself is like, I'm, I'm the expert of narcissism now, Mm. you know, I know more than anybody because I am one and I'm also a professor and I can have this platform 
So if you go to his website, it's like crazy town looking. It's got links to millions <laughs> of things. And he's like, I wrote this book for, it's for free. You can download over there. And that link is broken. And I have all these other books about all these other things. And I, you know, it's, it's just like all the great stuff that he does. It looks kind of crazy. Right. But when you listen to him, he's, he's brilliant. I mean, he's uh -huh. really able to talk with a great deal of authority about this. Sure, sure, sure. I don't, condition. yeah, no one said they weren't smart. Mm. Um, that's an interesting niche though. Making a living out of your own narcissistic yeah. tendencies. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. you go, there you it, go it, narcissists, it can, if you're listening. There you go. Go check out Sam Vatkin. Mm -hmm. Sam uh, Vatkin, like V A T. I think it's that, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So uh, you're going down the rabbit hole here. You're reading mm -hmm. Sam Vatkin. What, um, what other resources, and we'll put, um, I want to hear where people can find you. Would you? recommend for people struggling with this or if they're worried that they're dating yeah. or married and maybe books or podcasts yeah. and facebook groups and yours sure well. well they're yes i i obviously recommend people contact me first and foremost yeah what's your um, give out your information <laughs> yeah well so I, my website is called open space mediation mm -hmm. and um my name is liz merrill and so you can just find me on all the regular social media. All the socials. All the social media platforms. My group on Facebook is called Surviving a Narcissist. Not to be confused with Surviving Narcissism, which is another group. Mm -hmm. There are several Facebook groups devoted to this very specific topic. And I'm some sure. of them, yeah, and some of them are just like big bitch fests, mm. which is which is great because people need to unload. Yeah. And, and some of them are really more targeted with like really good content. Um, YouTube also, there's a there there are a couple of YouTube. There are several people who really, really, really have made their career working right. um, in this area. There's a um, there's an attorney. She's top one percent attorney, by the way. And she would like for you to know that according her name to her yeah. Zung. Um, and she has a YouTube channel <laughs> where she talks funny. about litigating with narcissists and Boy, that's kind of interesting um, there's a there's so a psychologist horrible. I know it does the psychologist named Dr. Romani and she has a mm -hmm. lot of stuff out there and she kind of has a different take um, there are several podcasts devoted sure. to it and and so like if you just listen to a couple of them you know you're going to get bombarded with all of this terminology yeah. and all of this information well, and i think it's great because um probably when you got married there weren't all these resources and podcasts and books and um i, I i'm glad i mean i'm glad there's stuff and i hope it's good stuff not miss mm. can for can men join your facebook group because i know men yes. who are in oh god yes it's not yeah. tempered, right no. I mean, the fact of the matter is that most narcissists tend to be men, but mm. there are plenty of women. And, and it's not always just in a, in a marriage dynamic. A lot, right. The way that someone basically becomes a narcissist, as far as I know, uh, from everything that I've read, is that, you know, it's, it's sort of inherited it has to be, right? behavior. And, you know, and, 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 there, and for that reason, it's, it's especially imperative if, if you are in a relationship with a narcissist and you have children that you are very aware of that so that they don't pass that on to their children. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that can be generational and can go on for like I read Sunday somewhere, you know, eight generations of narcissists, wow. you know, because it is, you know, well, it's, we, it's sort of learned behavior in a way. We didn't really talk about this, but yeah, I understand. Thankfully you left the relationship. You got divorced. You're in a much better place, but that's got to stick with you, you know? And so like what, type of practices therapy or that you do to sort of you know kind of recover from that yeah um i just did the kind of like regular psychotherapy mm -hmm. um antidepressant i mean mm -hmm. and you don't need to be in a relationship with a, an emotionally abusive person to need that of course no, no, I, no, no. i'm a huge right you know yeah i wasn't trying to be defensive i'm just i'm trying to like um, promote promote um mental health care for people who really need it um, or even people who just need some support because it's amazing and uh, you know doesn't not every modality works for every person mm -hmm. um, I have a child who was really severely impacted by this 
by this and, and, and is still struggling and has a hard time talking about it. So right now we're kind of looking at um, EMDR. Yeah, that was going to, yeah, for, the, for trauma. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very useful for PTSD and complex PTSD because it doesn't involve like a lot of rehashing verbally of all this stuff that happened, um, which and, is hard for a lot of people to do. And no, it didn't sound like the, the couples therapist was really good at either not recognizing it, not validating it, whatever was going on. Hopefully the therapist that you saw afterwards individually gave you some kind of ground, some, some validation or made you feel like you're not a crazy person. Yeah, totally. And it's so like, if you, it's so good to be able to go in and just like unload on a therapist. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Just like, yeah, oh, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. It's all about blah, you. Yeah. Yeah. The they best. just have to sit there and listen. Um, and so I did and it was great, you know, and, and then eventually got to the point where I was like, I think I'm saying the same thing every time I come in. I think yeah. I feel pretty good and, you know, kind of moved on and, that's always a good um, sign, right? When you yeah. like, when you started like rehearse, like, what am I going to talk about this week? Like, I don't know. I don't really have anything. That's a good sign. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So, um, and it's it's you know, again, as a parent, it's this this was something we fought about. We had a fight about this morning because I'm like all about the therapy, and like my kids are mm. like, if if they're like, I need support, I'm like, oh, come on, it, get it, let's totally. go get it right now. We're gonna do it. Whereas my ex is like they're fine. I don't know what their problem is. They don't, uh, why should we, why should we air our dirty laundry in public or, you know, <laughs> you, you know, these kids these days with their feelings and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay. So the we used to fight about that. Isn't for therapy, huh? Hmm. Is it, isn't it hard that. to believe? Yeah. And I, so, but now I can just say, okay, well, I hear you. Mm -hmm. You can do it anyway. Don't really care what you say, but, um, pull a biff on them. Pull a biff on them. <laughs> You've been biffed, right. buddy. Biff, biff. Yeah. Well, uh, anything else? I, I, you know, obviously this is a very complicated, difficult, multifaceted topic that we cannot do justice in a podcast. No. Um, same with the oboe. That's, same with the oboe. That's probably we a series. We got to come back and talk about the oboe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All the challenging things. So this is like a 101, a little taste, and it's really important topic because it's real and heartbreaking and people are struggling and and i'm so glad that you you know wanted to pay it forward because Thank you could you. say i don't want anything to do with this crap and it could also imagine being in a facebook group or having your own facebook group it could be triggering hearing these stories over and over again and so that's very brave yeah for some reason it's not i mean i think okay, good. this is this could be another topic is like resiliency because i think some people mm -hmm. you know have experienced trauma and just really struggle with getting over it. And some people do, and they're like, for whatever reason, and that's probably just, an, you know, partly to do with hardwiring, but just like, yeah, okay, well. I, in my experience, just tell me if I'm wrong. Women who play the oboe from Fort Collins, mm -hmm. straight up badass. That's, that's exactly Like I've met right. a few. You, you, you heard it. You heard the word on the street. That Straight is correct. up, sir. I had ass. <laughs> the oboe playing, divorce mediation, oboe yep. playing. I said that already. <laughs> Fort Collins. Wonderful yep. town. What's the weather like? I'm a real it's, big fan oh, of the weather. We actually had the rain a couple mm -hmm. of days ago, which we never get, which was awesome because um, it's like free water. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's it's like high desert plains out here and so it's just constantly dry it's so dry you can't even believe how dry it is so free free water was awesome you got a great it's, coffee it's, shop down there i forget the name of it it's on like on a corner um mm -hmm. i'm sure you have many coffee shops this one yeah I remember is very good yeah. the one coffee shop on the corner though yeah i know one on the corner really yeah one on mm -hmm. the corner and then they got a little downtown that plaza where they do the music on the weekends i yep. was there oh uh, yeah yeah, then, it's super cute. Everybody should come visit Fort Collins and, and love on the small business. A lot of stores here. with little brownies. They have brownies. Oh, God, everywhere. Yeah. So I grew up on the south. In the south, <laughs> there were churches on every corner, and here there are dispensaries. Like, <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. Old so. town smells like weed, man. Mm -hmm. Colorado. Everybody's wearing mm -hmm. their chacos. Yeah, and, their and they're... So many chacos. Totally. 
so many and their beards and their craft brew drinking craft brew little patagonia i had a beer and then we can end because you probably have better things to do i don't remember the name of the bar but the person i was visiting is like you gotta have this beer uh-huh it was as strong as it was delicious it was literally as strong as we have ever had and he turns to me he's like you want another like, guys a maniac well, another i literally could not walk really? after this yeah Oh yeah, Colorado microbrews. Don't mess around. Oh, it's a, it's, it's for real. People got to be careful when they come here, cause, cause oh also they get dehydrated in the altitude and the, the pot brownies and mm-hmm. the beer mm-hmm. and, like, I seriously, this is, I know we're gonna go. We're gonna tell you this one story. So a friend oh, came yeah, out yeah. to visit me, and um, was like stocking up on um all of the things before I met her. We went out and had one drink. We went outside and she just like fell flat over on the sidewalk. It's scary. not funny, but she was okay. Yeah, she was okay, but that I was should like, not oh be my, my initial You mean she was like eating edibles or something? Or... She was doing yeah. that and sometimes it takes a while to kick in. And that's oh, yeah. a, that's like a common thing is people are like, oh I need more. It's not working. Right. Not supposed to eat yeah. the whole brownie, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just sit down and give it some, give it a minute. Oh no! So she was okay. She was, she was okay. okay. She's okay. also an attorney. She's okay. a brilliant attorney. Of course she is. Yeah. I shouldn't have laughed. But glad she's okay. It's, it is. It's kind of a funny story, but at the time it was like, holy shit! You're a medic. She like, like, did you have to call the medic? No, no, oh. actually, no, we didn't. Okay. I just took her back to her room and put her in bed. They're like, eh, another tourist. <laughs> can't handle their brownies it's true it's true uh, yeah. well come and visit us sometime i'm going to yeah or like i said we have we have friends there it was wonderful we went and of course we did the whole um rocky mountain and and denver was lovely and boulder and um i've never been to telluride i'd like to go to telluride yeah me neither yeah they well it's really far festival. from you it's really far away right yeah it's kind of far in the summer is good. They have all kinds of like crazy, awesome music festivals. Yeah. And I don't know what's going to happen this summer, but I've been to Red Rocks. That's amazing. Oh, I played at Red Rocks. You played the oboe at Red Rocks. Played the oboe at Red Rocks. I played like the one of the last gigs I did was there with a band called No FX. Yeah, I've I don't know if you've heard of them, but I had a big punk ass oboe solo, and that was pretty fun. Liz so. Merrill. I very yep. much appreciate it. Red Rocks. Yeah. Thank you. Thank so you fun. so much. This was a great conversation to have. You are so real and down to earth and authentic. And, 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 and the cursing is awesome. I, I love it. Because <laughs> not everybody yeah. likes it. And I enjoy it. No, so I don't want to you. offend people. Thanks for cursing. It, yeah. It's good to normalize because I think it, it helps relieve stress. I, th- I, 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 I think it's therapeutic. And I think they did research that said people who curse are actually more honest. I always mm-hmm. try to say that to my wife. It's like, you know. You're lucky you're married to such yeah. an honest man. Yeah. And Damn when it. the kids do it too. Honest yeah. kids. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's wonderful talking to you. Have a great day. Likewise. You Thanks too. Thanks for coming Thanks by. a lot. See you. And there you have it. That was my conversation with Liz Merrill, the badass Fort Collins oboe player. I hope you enjoyed it. Some difficult topics, but really important ones. Um, especially if you have the experience with um, someone who suffers from a personality disorder, particularly narcissism, or maybe it's just a toxic relationship or sort of an abusive relationship. I'm glad there's a lot of information today, and I think she's a wonderful resource for that. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time, and I hope you're staying safe and well and healthy. Take care.